welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. For season one, we're talking The Ruined of Kings by Jen Lyons, the first book in her series, A Chorus of Dragons. The three of us love this book for being anti-imperialistic, for its fantastic queer characters, and the unique ways it explores the fantasy genre. So please, come read with us. Okay, so uh, we are covering chapters 31 through 41. Yes. Because 41 is a paragraph. Tiny. Is, is like a 10 sentence chapter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to refer to this batch of chapters as, uh, dank conversations. I like to, uh, refer to it as, here's how the first 20 chapters were working and you didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're good. What is it like when you start in the <laughs> middle of something? Is it, is it in media res? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now we're, we're at the end of that. Now there's just the res. I like to refer to these chapters as, why do I like Tarith again? Uh. <laughs> but by the end, by, by a chapter, like, what is it? 39? Like, my notes for that one are, Kieran and Tarith make nice and are honest with each other, and it's good. Yes. And also, also so- Tarith definitely had one of the best lines, where he was like, do I need to remove all of your other partners? Like, in order to, what the hell was the line? I loved it so much. Don't insult me by suggesting that the only way I would be welcome in your bed is by removing all rivals. It's a, it's a little wordy, but it's like, dunk. Like, I'm hotter than both of you. Yeah, Terry is a hot mess. But hot. But a mess. How old is Terry? I thought he was, like, at least in his hundreds, but like, for Avane, that makes you 20. And... Either I I, ju- I just read it too. I think it either yeah. I think in book three, Janelle says to him, "Uh, you know, we were just dumb teenagers like a year ago." So they're yeah, so at this I mean, point, I, he's this at the uh, he's the same age as Kieran, which is around fifteen, sixteen. Okay, I just always thought that he was older. I did too, because he knows more. Yeah mentally you know just hadn't reached maturity but yeah they say in one of these or at least kieran says that kmezra told him which um (laughs) that kieran is like 1720 because that's what he tells doc right they have that conversation and doc gets a little weird and Mm. later we learn why yep yeah which totally went over my head the first time oh yeah I feel like these books mm. should all be subtitled. Later, you'll learn why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what just every other footnote should be. Just stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> stay tuned. More succinct. The thing with Tarif's name went over my head the first time. Yeah. Like, I, I, the first time I read it, I understood, like, oh, okay, he has a controversial father, and he's sort of making a stand by choosing that name. But I didn't get the doc side of it where i was like oh he's learning in this moment that his son has taken his name and he's super mad about it because (laughs) he doesn't want his son to be saddled with that yeah like that part just whoosh and also like a lot of characters in this series tarendell hates himself yes (laughs) absolutely although he is one of my favorite characters because he is like blunt in, in a Series mm. full of well-rounded characters. Tarendale is has like been around all sorts of different types of people in the way that like a lot of other characters. Like he's he's obviously like lived amongst two types of Vane. He's been fake Kuros. He was with you know Elana and like so he's he's just been around lots of different types of people, and I think that makes him um, very approachable. He knows how to talk to. Kira and he knows how to talk to Vane, he knows how to talk to gods, and he's comfortable doing so because that's what he's just been kicking around doing for the last few hundred years. Whereas, like, a lot of times, like, you get the Vane just hang out with the Vane, 
and the gods just hang out with the gods and you know like the Kuros just hang out with the Kuros so I like that he is um very well rounded in that aspect and he's he's a very fun person to see other people talk to he's approachable yeah he understands yeah. that he has this implicit understanding that people have value mm-hmm. beyond what they can offer him like he mostly talks yeah, about yeah. he mostly talks about like how he was just kind of like palling around and that's where these prequel books that we hope happen yes will be coming from <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, I met this guy. He sucked at magic. Anyway, now he's the emperor. <laughs> yeah, what did he call them? Like uh, an upstart magician, some Maricori farmhand, and a priest of Thana. <laughs> right, like, yeah. I think, and this goes with the Eight Immortals and the Manalvane, who are all mortal. Um, they all try to... They're like swords that always stay shiny, while mm-hmm. Tarendel is a sword that has seen a lot of use and it has like rust and like dried blood on it and it looks kind of gross but it like it still works like he he has no filters anymore he just says what he thinks (laughs) and a lot of times it's both charming and off-putting at the same time but it makes you like like his character a lot yeah unfortunately he's not doing the oblique to be oblique song and dance he's he's like got a reason for it he, yeah he, he has every yeah. reason to be the way he is yeah mm-hmm. but yeah we get lots of disclosure in these chapters which i i really like mm-hmm. and a lot of it is it's something that we talked about last episode where it's like you have questions answered but questions asked um, and like one of my favorite chapters, I think in the book so far has been chapter 31, where you have like Kieran and Tienso just hanging out, like shooting the shit about sex and love and magic and her late husband. And they're being, yeah, they're being honest with each other. And it's really sweet and nice. And, but you also learn a lot about, like, we learn a lot about how magic works in these chapters, like, probably more than we ever learn mm-hmm. in the rest of the series at all. Yeah. Um, because we learn about talismans, and we learn a little bit, um, we learn a little bit from Nia, and, uh, but that is kind of, like, all we learn about magic, or how it works. Oh, yeah, it's basically, like, uh, you change, to make a talisman, you change its aura, and then, so, if another wizard attacks you, they have to change the aura of each talisman that you're wearing. But having so many different talismans that are different from your aura makes it harder for you to cast spells. So the witch hunters literally have as so many talismans, but they only fight with swords and stuff because they literally there's too many talismans for them to do spells. And then and then after that I never think about this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was saying, it's a great, it's a super interesting concept, and unfortunately, I don't feel like it comes up that much, like that that balance between protecting yourself and uh, keeping your your like power level up. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't actually see it come up that much, but knowing Jen Lyons, it could pop up in book five. And fingers crossed. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a good, it's a very good concept for maintaining balance in yeah, a system. Super interesting because you you can't have like overpowered characters that way except that unfortunately we're dealing with gods and exceptions and demons and so actually everyone's overpowered yeah yeah we end up dealing with some of those powerful people on this planet over the course of the books who also have like wickedly powerful artifacts too so it doesn't end up mattering a lot but i mean it's good for book one because Mm -hmm. you have thurvishar who Kieran, at this point, they're not friends. And Gadrith, like, in this, in book one, you deal with a lot of Koros wizards where talismans and stuff matter a lot. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. after that, uh, like, talismans come up very briefly in book two. And then book yeah. three, the Manalvane are a totally different type of, like, level of magic. So it's like, I I really like knowing this, but it's almost like uh, you move on from it afterwards. But now, like every time I think about 
magic after this, now that we've reread this, I'm going to be thinking about how many talismans does this person have and how how did they go around it to in order to get their spell off? Yeah, one of the things that I hope will again, I I'm really committed to the idea, and thank you, Josh, for introducing this obsession uh, of the of these prequel books because I feel like yeah. as you're dealing with those systems of magic and like lower level uh, stakes, you know, a single empire actually is a lower level stake as it turns out for these books. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so hopefully the the talisman sort of system will come back at another point. Do you think Thane knows that Gadreth isn't dead? Um, hmm. I was thinking about that when Tyenso was talking about her late husband. I think no. Doesn't she say something about how let me go look real quick. But I think no. And I I feel like later in the book Thane is like, "Excuse me, what?" Hmm. Maybe uh, Shadrach Gore, that place that is locked in time, mm-hmm. maybe that she even shields them from the gods, the eight immortals. I think it does, and so maybe if he's there, she doesn't know, but I feel like his absence would be telling, but I don't know. Because mm-hmm. Sienso has that line about how, uh, I think she says something about how she hopes Thane is torturing her late husband's soul. And that's mm-hmm. what made me think she know Thane would know that Gadger's soul never made it to the other side. So mm, Yeah, maybe I don't know. It may just be an ace this these chapters were interesting from that asymmetry of information standpoint, because like Thane might assume that he's alive and being dealt with and Tianso assumes that he's dead and being dealt with, and they just never communicate that fact because they both assume that it's true. Just like, um, it was so confusing to me the first time because Kieran makes the incorrect assumption that the head of his, the head of House Daman is the other demon summoner, which is not true at all. Yes. And like, they reveal that, but it's like, it's so confusing because you're like, wait, okay, let me reevaluate all my priorities so glad I read these again. Yeah, because we don't really learn. We don't hear the name Gadrith for a while. Until, like, yeah, at least three quarters of the way through the book. Yeah, he's just dead man. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Tianso says to Kirin because he's asking if uh, her late husband was Tereth in a past life. <laughs> she says that's a horrifying thought. I prefer to think Thane tossed my late husband's soul in a bottomless pit and walked away. So yeah, she definitely thinks that Gadrith is is in the afterlife or hell or wherever. Um, but yeah, I th- I think you're right. I think it's just that like nobody checked. <laughs> <laughs> so much to do, so many horrifying people to yeah. make sure are dead. I'm glad that we kind of don't see a lot of Darzan though. Like I I remember him being horrifying, but he kind of doesn't come back for most of these it's- ten chapters. And yeah, like I remember him being so present. Yeah, but it's for the most part, it's because people are talking about him, and everybody is like, "Darzan sucks, and we hate him." <laughs> but you have to live with him, so it's like people giving him strategies to deal with Darzan. Like, right. Mia is basically like, uh, "If you want a shot at getting your revenge, you're gonna need to learn magic," and uh, she also like basically tells him. Oh, by the way, uh, Darzan's a liar, and I never knew Lyrilyn to be pregnant. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, she, mm-hmm. and he guesses pretty quick that uh, Mia is his mother, but doesn't want to say it. And then, yeah, and then, like, he talks to Theron, too. And Theron is like, I hate my son. I hated my dad. I hate Theron in this moment, because uh, Theron is the, uh, you know, he's the type of, like, when I was reading it, I was comparing him to the type of political figures that we have now that say, oh, uh, the system is bad, but we have to work with what we have. And he's like, he's like explaining how royals work to Kieran right. and mm-hmm. be like, this is just what we have, like, this is just how it works. And Kieran is like, still like the idealist at this point where he's like, this system is bad and you should get rid of it. 
<laughs> Why don't you do yeah. anything? And Theron's just like, I don't, I've given up. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Why doesn't Theron want to recognize Kieran as his son? He's a coward. I know there's a reason. Just I like don't I know really there's a remember. Yeah, I know there's a reason why Theron or someone else doesn't just kill Darzen because like let's be honest, the man should die. No one would be sad. Right, no, not even his own father. If his own father's like, yeah, no. he's a monster, is like, why didn't why don't you do something about that? Don't you have yeah. authority? Yeah, especially once Kieran's on the scene, like, right? Oh, great! You have another. Even with Galen, like, why wouldn't right? I, he I already has. Just an they heir. always thought that Darzan would be a good heir because he's so cutthroat. Like, I, and because it's it's all about the standings and the rankings and yeah, I feel like there's another reason, and I think it has to do with Thervishar. It's like because we know that he's the kidnapped. Well, maybe. Let's let's not reveal that. Actually, um, we know that he's important, and I feel like. They were hiding him, and it might have to do with Thervishar, but I don't remember well enough. So I really hope there's a reason, because, like, holy shit, just it's weird. Yeah. just yeah. kill him. Like, kill enough yeah. other people. Yeah, so as of the chapters we have read for this episode, Theron's reason is awful, because uh, Galen's yeah. too sweet yeah. to be heir. Which... That I get, because Kaelin is so lovely. I love Kaelin. Yeah. <laughs> like, and... But, like, get him an advisor. Yeah. But also, like, if Theron had just fucking owned up, murdered his son, and raised his grandson to be a good leader... Yeah. Probably could have avoided some issues there. Or, like, marry Galen to a really ruthless person and, like, yeah. just make them work together. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But also, I mean, I guess we don't, I don't know. I guess we don't really learn a lot in this book. More so later, we learn that, like, Theron, I feel like, is, he is the guy who is just like, ugh, I don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he, he's the, he's the Lord, because he kind of ended up being that way. And he did kill his father, um, but, like, he doesn't want to deal with the fact that Kieran is his son. He doesn't want to deal with Darzan. He, later on, you know, after the shit all goes down, like, he comes back to Kerr and he's like, you know what, I don't want to be High Lord anymore. Like, I don't even want to talk to Galen and let him know that I'm alive. Like, he definitely brushes things off. He deals yeah. with his problems by avoiding them. Yeah. And as, like, I, I think that's an interesting critique of the like the the previous generation's adventurers right like you kind of expect that all of the young teenage heroes grow up to be noble scions of their houses but like this guy i think just wants to keep adventuring with his buddies he never wanted to be in charge of people he didn't want to deal with like the implications of power and like the Mm -hmm. nitty-gritty of trade and it just seems I mean, I agree. It seems boring as hell, but like, oh yeah, you know, man up or woman up. Or it's weird too because you you get the sense from him that he didn't do it out of any kind of sense of duty. Mm-hmm. He just sort of like he was like, well, I guess this is where I am now. Yeah, because everyone else went on to do like, like Sandus friggin' shows up when there's a demon immediately. Yeah. He's doing his duty, and like the Milligree's toast is like all about duty, but Theron's just kind of like, I guess this is what all my friends are doing now, so I guess yeah. I have to do it too. Yeah, and that could be born out of the fact that, like, he's, like, the richest one of all of them. Yeah. Like, he he can literally afford to fuck around. Yeah. But it could also be, like, this is why, again, I will stop harping on this, but, like, the prequels would be interesting because, like, it could also be a trauma response, like, yeah, from you do pageant. enough shit. Yeah. You don't want to deal with, like, you hit your limit. You killed enough people, you just can't deal with it anymore. And so, like, we're very cavalier about saying, like, he should just kill his own son, but, like, holy shit, that's <laughs> well, then, fucked up. <laughs> I guess, don't we learn a little bit later, too, that, like, he actually really loved his wife. Yeah. And after she died, he was, like, catatonic for a while. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's born out of that, but. Uh, he, yeah, not not a dealer, Theron is. He uh, 
He needs to listen to some Brene Brown talks. <laughs> the other thing that this these chapters are a little bit like um, training montage like six months pass on the island. Kieran's doing sword stuff. He's not great at magic. Uh, I have on here, Kalindra and Kieran do some sex therapy and then she leaves. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy about the fact that it's healing. It would have been... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. We we give Karen a hard time for being a little bit whiny, as does the book. But like, he's like dealing it. with a lot. That is some heavy, yeah. heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, I hmm? really actually I do like that chapter a lot because, so, you know, he he talks to Tareth about it, and he's like, "Why is she going away?" And Tareth is like, "Cause she's falling in love with you, and you will never love her mm-hmm. that way." And all he has to do is like describe the Jorat dream girl mm-hmm. and Kieran is like oh damn you're right yeah Kieran also has a hard time being like doing doing the kind thing but the hard thing it's like breaking up with someone yeah. you don't love is is very unarguably yeah. the right thing to do but like it's hard so I didn't like that he could see Kieran is freaking out about why Tereth knows who Janelle is Based the Jorak girl is, because uh, only a demon and a mimic knew before that. Yeah. And but Tereth is still going on about his description of her, not realizing that Kieran has gone from anger to like horror in his eyes. Yeah. But Tereth is still going along with this joke that he's pulling on Kieran. He's- and he refuses to explain why until, like, a couple chapters later. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I realized in these chapters that, like, people are, like, from gods to mortals are like, Kieran, stop, like, self-pitying. You know, do stuff. But that's a really hard thing to hear when your family's been murdered, you've seen dead bodies... Like, you've been betrayed by a mimic and a demon, and it's just kind of like... <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah, 16. Maybe be- right, He's yeah. 16. <laughs> and, like, ter- uh, it really annoyed me when ter- when Kieran yells at him, uh, how am I supposed to trust you? Mm-hmm. And Tereth, like, Kieran describes Tereth as looking hurt. I'm like, you just described a woman that there's no yeah. way that you should know about. After he's dealt with a demon and a mimic, like what did you expect? And he looks hurt. It is like in, like in these chapters, Teresa does like no favors for himself, even if though he speaks a lot of harsh truths. Yeah, yeah. like Teresa is is learning as well, like how to be with people and how yeah. to not be a huge dick all the time. Yeah, because he's like Teresa is like a. Uh, prep school like mama's boy you know he's he's murder homeschool yeah. like, he's not socialized well yeah and he's he's had the luxury of support like both of them have but yeah kieran had all of that taken away mm-hmm. and then terry he literally lives with his mother yeah and i like I don't think he has any friends. No. Like, he has no. a lot of sexual partners, right. but I don't think he has any friends. Well, he says that Kalindra is his his friend. Like, they're not in love, but they're like... Right, yeah. yeah. And so, like, you can legitimately question whether that was, like... That had different elements because of the sexual elements, but, like... Yeah. But also, he's like, he's I care part about of, her. He's also part of the Black Brotherhood, where having a friend me- means... You have to let them go because they're gonna go on assignment. Like, right. like, yeah, is that- or they're gonna publicly kill themselves, which is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where, like, I'm like, where is Kalindra now? It does seem kind of weird that she hasn't popped up again, and maybe she won't. Maybe it truly, like, her part of the story is done. But just like, Josh is making a face. Josh right is now. making such a face. It's like, oh, book four. Josh, who's read book four, is making a face right now. I'm not making a face. Um, I'm just, you know, happy to be here. <laughs> 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 but yeah like that, it's shit like that that where i'm like people very rarely walk into the sunset in this show and never or this show in this book and never it should be a show future show again. yeah yes uh, this would be a great anime actually i was thinking yeah the other day. oh I, god it's such an anime already 
Yeah. With like like such tortured longing between two men. Yes, and, that's like, why I said Terath is Sasuke. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> he's, you know, the uh what's the word? Uh he's the try hard, privileged, mm-hmm. super skilled Top guy. Murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's also a smart ass. And he's like the culmination of multiple very special bloodlines oh, and yeah. Terrace needs totally. therapy. I feel like out of <laughs> all like the, the a lot of the main characters, I feel like Terrace needs the most therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Terrace is kind of like he's a little bit Sasuke he's mostly Sasuke, but he's also a touch Naruto or Gara actually more Gara. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah, but like he at least had like but Kieran at least like had a parent, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Like he's not Kieran's not the Naruto. Because he at least like had a parent and felt love. Kieran deals with his problems. Terafe does not. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's not until like book three where he starts to deal with some of his problems, or acknowledge that they're even problems. Yeah. The the chorus homophobia comes up yes. again here because like that's what makes this chapter really good because like there's this like really intense righteous anger between Kieran and Terath, but there's also this rising sexual tension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just, and they're like fighting I, on the side of the mountain. Like, is this, and I'm just like, is this sexy or do I hate Terath? I can't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is why it would be a great anime because there would just be all those like moments, you know, where like they fall and they're facing each other and then it's like smooch, and then they yeah. stab and punch. The and fan stab. art for this chapter would be fantastic. Spicy. It would, yes. Also, welcome your fan art. Please send it <laughs> care of all of our Twitter handles. Yeah. Um, we don't have 18, 18 plus is fine. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and Therese here has the, the line that will be remembered. She's not for you. And then it's like, Kieran, the Telltale Games, Kieran will remember that pops up. And like, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, take note of that line. Because I had forgotten yeah. some of the context for it, but it, it, it becomes a touchstone of the books. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is savage every time it is used. Yeah. But what did you guys think of the... Um, we talked a lot about the island, which I, I think was... Mm. I, 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 I can't compare them. Even though they stand in direct opposition to each other, they're both good. But like, what did you guys think about the House Demon stuff that's been going on? Unlike an anime, uh, I love that in these chapters, Maya gives uh, Kieran this reality check because uh, so so many anime protagonists is just like you know very strong emotions is enough to power up mm-hmm. and overcome the bad guy. Where mm-hmm. Maya is just like your anger. And your desire to get rid of Darzan, that's not enough. Like, he's more powerful than you. He's got uh, all these laws about, you know, children over you. Like, you're in a position that just this, like, rage that you have about what he's done, while righteous, isn't isn't going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good... A lot of these uh, chapters are interesting critiques on on fantasy tropes because that is a trope it, it, it's yeah. big in anime but it's big in fantasy too it's like yeah. you you push yeah. through and you win the battle because you're you believing yourself yeah you believe yeah. in yourself or you're just more emotional which as an emotional person i like but as a as a person who also likes narrative it it, it does it can be stale yeah i wrote down the quote maya says so, does that make you more capable of beating him? Do you think fortune will favor you because your cause is just and your heart is full of vengeance? It's a good line. Yeah, that's some, that's some good uh, fantasy critique shit. It's also unintentionally hilarious because fortune literally does favor him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, fair. The god oh, of yeah, luck really that. does that's like so him. <laughs> oh, man. She doesn't, I don't think that she knows what his religious leanings are, but at this point he's probably, I haven't, I haven't, I didn't notice any uh, mentions of Taja, Taya, no, Taja, Taja, um, yeah. except like as curses. 
He's like, oh, yeah, like kind of yeah. like, oh god, like oh Taja. We we know a little bit about her from some the conversation that he had, but mm-hmm. yeah, like it, the 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 use of the gods is so casual in this world mm-hmm. that sometimes it's like you don't learn till like way later what some gods are the gods of. Yeah, I just I just think it was interesting. Like this is probably part of his break with his own personal faith because he's yeah. I mean, like his father got murdered and he saw horrifying things and he hasn't like it might have gotten cut or something but he hasn't been like taja what the fuck yeah it's 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 funny in these chapters how you know house damon has slaves and darzen does all this horrible stuff and theron's not innocent either but what they draw the line is cursing you can't curse. <laughs> and they, keep, they keep like, watch your mouth, young man. And I'm like, you guys have slaves. Like, everything. Cursing. Yeah, right? It's very... He literally uh, just stabbed a woman to death ten yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. But that's that's true in our world, too. You get people who are really gonna, up in arms yeah. who are about like, don't say the F word instead in front of little Johnny. But it's like... yeah. Someone's legitimately mad that someone got shot. It was like, yeah. you know, well, shouldn't have been breaking the law. Oh God, let's. Oh I'm God. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I think that does drive home like how little slaves do mean right. in Kuro society, right? Like mm-hmm. the idea that swearing is a bigger offense than murdering a slave, right? Yes, that's a good I, point. I love how Kieran does the 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 student that doesn't know the answer thing of rephrasing the answer to <laughs> Maya and she calls him out on it. Yeah, she is great. She's good. She's very uh, very cool and assured, but you still get a sense that there are things moving below the surface. Like, I think it's very easy to write an icy character, but very hard to write a, a character who everyone understands is only acting in a very cold way. So yeah. that was pretty cool. And something that I definitely didn't notice the first time that you noticed. So, and it is pointed out, like the constraints of her gaze. Yeah. And, like she says multiple times, "I can't, I say. can't yeah. say that," or "I can't answer that," mm-hmm. and she is like being literal. Yeah. I like that Thurvishar points out to her equivocation because mm. that's a personal like love of mine to read closely and be like what did you actually say though i love the mm-hmm. ballistic language when you're trying to get around stuff because like the um that happens a lot in the uh will of time books too the ace that i can't lie but that doesn't mean they're always telling the truth Ugh. it's great <laughs> yeah. i'm sure it gets annoying for other people but i find it endlessly like entertaining and funny <laughs> um Something else that was like a kind of a small detail that really stuck out to me in these chapters is in chapter 33, uh, Tienso basically holds her own against a dragon yeah. for like a few minutes, mm-hmm. which is, that should be like a real fucking key. It's like, oh, she's really powerful. And I did not pick like, up on that She at like all. takes, not like crazy, but I mean, yeah. she at least holds off a dragon for a few minutes until Kamezra shows up. Yeah. It's like, oh, dang. I also love how real she is. She's just like, yeah, she just, she doesn't pull any punches, but she's not trying to win any points either. Yeah. Like she knows exactly who she is and her role in things. And I don't know. Yeah. She's just very, yeah. Real. I hate how she uh, remarks about her looks, uh, like about she's hard on the eyes, but I don't, I don't think she realizes like how much a confident, strong woman is hot. Like it's yeah. it's just like she doesn't get why the uh, Black Brotherhood people and Terath are into her. And, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, have you you like you stopped a kraken? You were like you were doing you summoned dolphins. Like think about it. <laughs> like, do you not know that you have a twenty charisma? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The charisma points in D and D, like in in other systems, charisma also refers to your like they have separate systems for like your looks and stuff, and it kind of mm-hmm. plays into your charisma. I uh, I am the worst person to be explaining this, but I'm kind of like yeah, okay. So all of her charisma points are just not in her looks, but she still got it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. She's got that presence. A hot older woman with like mm-hmm. dope powers. Yeah, who could like squish me with her pinkies? Like mm-hmm. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, also, that um, what's the the thrift's name? Cesaris. Uh, oh, Cesaris. Uh, yeah. They're still calling him Monkey. <laughs> yeah. It's like the only word he recognizes too. It's like, yeah. well. <laughs> I love I love that uh, after this is after Doc meets Teraith for the first time and uh, Teraith follows Kieran to the Thrists to get where Kieran is getting an instrument mm-hmm. and Kieran is still like oh you followed me but I still don't I'm still don't like you I'm still mad at you <laughs> he says just the way he says it, he's like I don't need the company so why don't you fuck off <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just like. Um, like Teresa remarks about him being a child. Do you think in this moment is Kieran anger right, or is he being more of a child? I think he's he's weirdly fixating on Doc being a bartender. It's like but even you even... acknowledge that he's not quite a bartender, so like drop it, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there's um, there's other reasons to be mad, but it it is weird that he weirdly fixates on. I need to learn the sword, and they say to bartender. It's like, why? Yeah, and and yeah, I think Tareth points out he's like, I'm pretty sure he's more than just a bartender if he's here, right? Yeah, um, he's he's a little fixated, but like, since we were talking about Tareth's age, whether or not Kieran is being childish, another child can't call you childish, yeah. like. <laughs> He's, like, Tareth is channeling his mother. I'm sure his mother has said that, like, don't be a baby, don't be a child. Like, you're dealing with forces you can't possibly understand, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, when your peer tells you to grow up, that's either the most insulting thing, but also the thing with the least basis. They have no, like, concept of what adulthood is. <laughs> and Tareth is not being super mature here either, so I think no. it's probably six of one. No, but they they do weirdly like kind of talk it out, mm-hmm. like because they're actually honest with each other for like a damn minute. Yeah, and it's great. Well, he does lie about he's explaining how he met the Jorak girl in the afterlife, and how Kieran uh, is ta- talked about her in his sleep, and yeah. then Kieran makes his own leaps of faith. In what Teresa is saying, and then Ter- I didn't pick this up the first time, but Teresa says, "Pick the answer that makes you more comfortable." <laughs> he doesn't say yes or no. He says, "Pick the answer that makes you more comfortable," and then I'll run with that. Like, yeah. So he's gonna be entirely. They're being honest about their feelings, but Teresa is still withholding information. Yeah. And here it seems a little bit like a little forced it's just like you're on this island you can't go anywhere like you know i I do kind of wish that someone would level with kieran yeah i I feel his frustration (laughs) that 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 frustration however excessive is legitimate yeah and tenso is the only one who's like honest with him yeah yeah so and like agrees to help him too like yeah joins the brotherhood just so she can teach him magic yeah yeah I did like the line Teraith gave Kieran where he's like, hmm, good point. I guess it's all about you. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of good one-liners, but I'm realizing yeah. that Teraith is also just kind of a, a little bit mean and snippy. And it's like, mm-hmm. Kieran, sure, he thinks it's all about him. But in fairness, a dragon is fixated on him and someone paid oh, yeah. like $15 million to buy him. <laughs> it's just like... I would assume that I was the center of a couple things, too. <laughs> yeah. And he knows that he has this incredibly valuable artifact on him. That he he's not supposed to take off, yeah. And also, he met Taja. Yeah, Taja, Taja shows up in his yeah. dream. It's like, yeah, hey, okay, I assume I was, yeah, I assumed I was a protagonist at, at that point, too. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, being like, oh, well, it's not all about you is like, then who? Legitimately tell me, yeah. because every sign points to me. Is it you? 
Could you fix it then? Yeah. So I, I'm getting more of an appreciation for Kieran's, uh, you know, they make fun of it, but damn. Well, because I feel like they're even Teraith at this point. Teraith, Taja, uh, every, basically everybody who says uh, get over it to him. Mm-hmm. Teraith, Taja, Kalindra, and Kamezra, they mm-hmm. all know more about his situation than him. He doesn't yeah. know about who he is or who he was, but they do. And so they're telling him to get over it, but they know more. Like, he's like, they all, they're all picturing the big picture. And Kieran is like, but my, Kieran's picture is like, it's missing pieces that they all think he can see that he doesn't. Yeah, there's some big gaps that he's, he's not. He's not trying to make it about him in the sense that he wants attention or that he wants, like, praise or anything like that. He just wants legitimate information that he can trust. And that's not, in the end, a big ask. So, when he, he's, he might be throwing tantrums, but, you know, A, he's 15 and my hormones were not stable at that age either. And no. B, like, yeah, like, like you said, Josh, you know, he just, he wants to know what other people know. That's in every other context, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> like, if you yeah. want to know things, people are like, oh, you want to learn. Positive trait. Let me share with you. Right. Also yeah. Or at least let me explain to you why you can't do that yet. Yeah, there's a lot of information, but not a lot of yeah. drama in these chapters, I'm realizing. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little, like, not a bad way. It's a little, like, uh, montage So Yeah. Time is passing. Learn- learning is happening. I think my my only other major note about this set is uh so we meet uh Alshina, Kieran's stepmother, mm-hmm. and then almost immediately find out that she is dead and being imitated by Talon. And Talon and Darzan meet in his murder dungeon <laughs> and they like so they're like quote unquote planning what to do with Kieran because they're trying to get the stone of shackles, and Talon is just lying to Darzan, like through her teeth. Mm-hmm. Like does give him the idea about Talia, but, like, ultimately is clearly also planning her own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, it's just, like, two psychopaths making weird plans with each other, but, like, probably also planning to backstab each other, and, uh... Oh, yeah, immediately. But, uh, we, but we mostly learned that they want the Stone of Shackles. Also, right. we knew that Darzan was gross, but when, uh... When Talon becomes uh, uh, Moria, and uh, and like the chapter literally remarks about how she's a teenager, and Darzan's like, "Oh yeah," and I was like, "Oh my god, you're the worst." <laughs> yes. Like yeah, we knew he was a sociopath, but like yeah. he's also really into young girls, and then I was like, "I, I uh, he's like." Even as the books go on, he's still the worst. He is. He is. Well, like, throwback to, like, one of the first chapters, um, somebody is telling Kieran, I think Kamezra is telling Kieran about how uh, since Kieran escaped slash was kidnapped from the capital city, Darzan goes to uh, a terrible brothel, like, once a month, buys a slave that looks like Kieran, and murders them. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. Oh my god. Yeah, because it happened so oh, early. It's man. like the third or fourth chapter, and you don't even know who Darzan is at this point. And he's talking about how, like, yeah, once, like, uh, I think he, she uses some phrase, like, he's, like, leaving a trail of broken flowers. Okay. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the talent portions of these chapters, um, that when Theron and Kieran are having their conversation... Um, they talk about how Kieran's daggers were in Butterbelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, who killed? Who killed Butterbelly? Because they, because he's he says that uh, it's one of Darzan's agents. But yeah. I want to know who that well, agent every is. T- every it time you don't, Talon, right? Every time you don't see who does it, you can't be a hundred percent sure that it's not somebody yeah. we know. Or somebody that we meet. Yeah, true. That's true. We're we're taking Theron's word, right? Uh, and everybody lies. 
like that it was Kieran's dagger and that Ferris said he wouldn't, you know, like he clearly knows some of Kieran's background, mm-hmm. but like we have no idea actually like if somebody used Kieran's daggers to kill Butterbelly. Like he's probably just telling him that. Yeah. It might come up again in later in the books, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's good leverage. Like all of these interconnected things are leveraged to keep Kieran where he is because Kieran wants to run away from the island. He wants to run away from the house. Um, And so that makes sense. But it's also really interesting how they just make everything so much more complicated than they need it to be um, for themselves. Like it's not, it's not an overcomplication on the part of the author. It's an overcomplication of these people who are all scheming against each other. It's like, Oh my God, if you are nice to this kid for 45 minutes, he might stay (laughs) on his own. Yeah. Like, like the way like Mia is, she's not super nice to him, but she at least extends a bit of humanity to him. Mm -hmm. And he responds to that. Oh yeah. And agrees to do what she asks of him. Oh yeah, she's off. She offers him a gift, which is here. Do you want to learn something? And he's like, yeah. "Yes." It's like great that that is a normal exchange in a right. yeah. in ten chapters where no else, one has one. Yeah. <laughs> everybody else is just like, "This is why you're stuck here." Right. Yep. Like, let me explain leverage to you, and Mia's just like, "Hey, do you want cool things?" And he's like, "Okay, love you." <laughs> Who is Mouse? That is the big mystery. I, she, I can't tell anymore if it's going to be relevant. I don't know. but Probably she, no. If she was just yeah. a shadow dancer that uh, like Kieran was involved, like, involved with, whether that was romantic mm-hmm. or not, uh, or just partners. But uh, she also was the one that taught Kieran to uh, see past the veils, mm-hmm. yeah. which makes me think... That there's more to her than we know. At this point, I think everything is a plant. Except for Butterbelly. <laughs> Butterbelly is not a plant. Either between, like, the Griffin men, like, the Sandus crew, or the Shadow Dancers. Like, maybe Theron at some point had identified Kieran and was keeping an eye on him. And maybe he maybe he had Mouse killed just to see how Kieran would react, you know? I think there's no proof that you're wrong, but I think probably not. Just because they're so confused when Kieran shows up. They're like, where the fuck That's were true. you? Where, like, how did, how did we not find you? And it's all the Stone of Shackles. So, like, mm-hmm. there's but no reason. Yeah. Like, see Theron have, having known that and not done anything about it. Because as we said, Theron ignores his problems. Yeah. That's a good point. So I, I don't know, basically, is the answer. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that they were setting up kind of a, like, well, there are all these low-level magicians and witches in these chapters, and it's, like, mm-hmm. super unfair, and Mouse was a woman, so she never would have gotten formal training. So, like, right, she could yeah. be someone, but she could also just be, like, someone who was making the best in an illegal situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Tyanso uh, Ty- Ty- remarks too. about that uh, in the first chapter we discussed. Mm, yeah. uh, she mentions... The God Kings, Garus and Callus, mm-hmm. and that they're to blame for turning the like procession of women into that they're all whores. And mm-hmm. I just like, give me more information. I want it. <laughs> I want to know. I like that um, Theron is head of the uh, Shadow Dancers, though. Mm hmm. It's just like, oh, we just let everyone else think that someone else is running them. Yeah. Like, actually, it's me. And the quote is, an indiscretion of youth. It's just like, oh, I accidentally <laughs> took over a thieves guild. I want to see that indiscretion. I know, me yes. too. Yeah, Get and it then, to I love me. that, like, Thurvishar comments in the footnotes. He's like, it's not technically illegal, but it would be a big scandal if it came out. I also want to see that happen. I want mm. so many things. <laughs> but... Yeah, I want to know what the god like. I want to know what the indiscretion of youth is that leads you to being the head of a gang, and right. also like the God King origin stories. Because like they had to be some of them are still poking around. So like, where where is Callus yeah. and uh, what is he up to? Presumably he's dead, but who the hell knows? Who? Yeah, no idea. Like, yeah, it seems like Callus is definitely still around, but 
Because we talk like we reference like temples to her and stuff. Yeah. Which I guess doesn't mean that they have to be alive, but But it could be. I wonder I always wonder like how much of what they do hangs on after they die. Like the Thriss are always gonna be snaky people mm-hmm. and you know, seemingly breed true. It, but it, I don't think Enos is still around. Why do you think the Stone of Shackles sings to Talon? What? Because Dervishar remarks. Does it? Yeah. Does <laughs> it? Oh, yeah. Or is she lying? Because if she's she, also worn it. Yes, that's yeah. what I was going to so say. That maybe the reason she. Because yeah. Kieran feels it go hot or cold. It's like warning him a little bit. So it's yeah. possible she perceived it in a different way and it still resonates with her. Or it's possible she's lying. I love Talon so much from this chapter, even yes. though, yeah. like, She's even though gross, it's deeply fucked hilarious. up, yeah. And also, clearly has the wherewithal to lie to someone's face and like just get away with. Like, Kieran is so direct, and then Talon is like, "Yeah, I'm definitely supporting you, you crazy bastard." <laughs> LOL. <laughs> I love the bit where, you know, she's talking about how she can read minds mm. and Darzan kind of raises an eyebrow on her. And she's like, oh, silly, you've met, you've learned to block me out. And then the footnotes are like, clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> clearly, yeah. because we have this record, she can read his mind. But why does Talon feel like she has to lie to Darzan about it? Because what can he, does he know how to deal with mimics? Like, I mean, maybe. It's probably just easier to make a psychopath think that they have control over you. Mm. He's Darzan is surprisingly easy to manipulate. <laughs> yeah, right. If you have something he wants. And she, I, I, whether because it's, she has like, Lirlin and Serja and Ola's minds inside her, she does tend to protect Kirin. Mm-hmm. In her weird so way. I think that she, mm-hmm. yeah, so she's not against getting Darzan the Stone of Shackles, but ultimately, she doesn't want Kieran to die because of it. Yeah. Or maybe she just... That's the great thing about her, though. Maybe she feels protective. Maybe she doesn't. And maybe she has a third option that we don't even know. We have she, no idea. Yeah. Yeah. She feels both because she's all these people at once. Right, or both. Yeah. She has this great bit. Darzan is surprised that she knows about the Stone of Shackles. Says Talon snarled and her voice took on a demonic quality as she hissed. Don't play games, human. Despite how I appear, I am thousands of years older than you, and it is just possible I am not an idiot. <laughs> and then she's kind of back to, oh, ducky. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's great. The shifts in personality are always creepier to me than the out and out psychos. Because, like, Darzan is gross, terrible, and I want him to die, but that's so straightforward. He's always that way, though. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. It's consistent. But yeah. but Talon is is ugh. another thing that would look great in an anime. Talon like constantly shape changing, oh my God. And personality shifting, and things like that. Yeah. Can you imagine like Full Metal Alchemist style, like a little bit gross? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way um, Lust, like her her fingers mm-hmm. grow into yeah. claws. Oh yeah. Okay, so what is it about this chapter, chapter 40, that makes Kieran in chapter 41 go, no, I'm done. Because I may be, uh, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, but is this where Kieran finds out that Talon was Al the whole time? Oh, I think you're right. Because of what happens later? Yeah. I think you're right. I also... This this chapter is also a really nice little uh, reminder of the rock. Yeah. Um, because I certainly forgot the magic rock that is recording the conversation. But so it's, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's that. And then it's also Moria's like, a sister. reminder. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. And this reminder is like, oh, this is being recorded by the, the rock. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think plans to manipulate him that callously Mm -hmm. and knowing that like Talia goes through some shit later probably yeah Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing Thurvishar come up in this narrative because he's his footnotes are so much greater the second time around and also um 
now we have a sense of like I don't think you really got a sense of his character in this book. No. Um, he was just the omniscient voice who's like, "Well, that's not quite true." Also, like, Kieran has a very negative view of Thervishar. Yeah. In this book, but he has no idea that Thervishar is gate gauged by Gadrith. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was a what the fuck moment for me. That was an amazing <laughs> twist. Um. Is that? Yeah, I feel like I don't have as much to talk about with these chapters, just because they're yeah, like they're like, pretty like. It's great to have the information, but it's not super controversial. It's a lot of background, yeah, which is helpful. Yeah. But yeah, no, they're they're good. I enjoyed them, but yeah, I like that's pretty much all my points as well. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's anything else because uh, I made notes. Nope, I think that's it. All right, what are y'all reading then? Uh, the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost done book three. And then I guess book four is out in like a couple of weeks. So I'm reading this book. I had put it down. Like, uh, I just want to remark, uh, if you're listening to this and this book doesn't uh, click with you right away, uh, put it down and then pick it up later because <laughs> I'm reading uh, The Sword of uh, Kaigen by... ML Wang and I picked it up because I love like ice powers in books and uh this book came out in 2019 and I meant to review it but it just didn't click with me right away and then I picked it up like a week ago and now it's clicking with me it's very um it's very you know uh Asian inspired fantasy rather than European which was another reason why I picked it up and there's like all the all the people can like create like ice spears and ice swords and some are like more talented than others and I'm only like 30 pages in but like it feel it seems like they get their 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 magic comes from like taking the energy from the land and so it's cool and i like ice swords and that's basically why i'm reading it sometimes you just that's need a, good a fun reason. book with ice swords yeah. why the hell not yeah what about you christina yeah confession that's not a confession for anyone else i haven't finished a book in april which oh, really? i know i've just kind of been poking at things and the only book that I wanted to finish, I have been rationing out because Murakami Haruki's new book of short stories came out. So I'm like, you can't read this all in one go. You have to take <laughs> your time. So that's also probably part of it. But yeah, I've just been kind of, it's just COVID. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll find. I'm looking for my next Ice Sword book is really what it is. <laughs> yeah, you're doing the buffet. You're sampling. Yeah, I just, I need to be taken in by icy terrible powers i legit like i'm not making fun of it i i like ice powers too <laughs> yeah i remember an andre norton book i read when i was younger it was like he gets an icicle and he puts it on a broken sword hilt and then it's a magic sword and i'm like holy shit nice. this is the greatest thing that's ever happened <laughs> i kind of want to read book four again just like because i'm reviewing it and it feels like mm-hmm. I was just so into it, and I'm, I feel like I'm so into these books oh, yeah. Yeah. that I read it so fast that yeah. there are things oh, that I up. forget. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. like, I'm Absolutely. I'm writing my review for book four, and I feel like, how exactly do I feel about this book besides, it's great! So <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to read it again. It's critical when you're just like, ah, new book! Yeah. yeah. Steph, where can people find you? You can find me at Steph O. Kingston on Twitter and doing a bunch of podcasts that you probably know if you've tuned in this long. Josh. You can follow me at 4 or 5 Wits and read my reviews on geeklyinc.com. Yes, and you can find me at O Laddie Girl and reviews and podcasts. We are a geekly podcast, so check us out. Thank you oh, for yeah. listening. And we will see you with chapters 42 through 50-something. Get excited. Shit's happening. Yay! Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. 
Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.